Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So we have a special guest this evening. And so she's all the way from South Africa. She's part of our Every Nation movement. She's part of Every Nation Reimsach. And she's also an elder in Every Nation Reimsach. Um, she's also an advocate. And she's a well-known advocate, so just not an advocate. She's a well-known advocate in South Africa. And she worked in the private sector for some time. And then I think she got, yeah, salvation in Rosebank. So in our Every Nation Rosebank, she, the Lord, um, she became born again. And now she's serving in the government um, to influence, if I'm correct, right? Government to influence the South Africa because we need it a lot. So we want to welcome, so we can all rise and welcome yeah. Zarina. Yeah. Amen. I had to, had to, we had to do the drum roll. We had to do the drum roll. So we just want to pray for you before you, before you preach. Maybe Pastor Chris can be here with me. We just want to lay hands. And, um, so Lord, we... Yeah, Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, for, for her life, Lord. We thank you for her coming to, to Vintuk this, uh, this weekend, Father, to come and minister to us, God. And we know she's been pouring out as she's been in Okahanya this morning, God. But we just pray for your grace, God, as she's ministering to us this evening, your strength, God. Father, and I pray that as she's giving out, Father, that she'll receive a double portion, Father. God, I pray that you come and fill her up, Father. God, I pray as much as the message is about releasing, Lord, but I pray that she'll be energized afterwards, Lord. So, God, we thank you. Lord, I pray for every single heart to be opened. And, Lord, we just allow your Holy Spirit to speak through her right now in this moment. In the name of Jesus. We all say, Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you, family. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. I must say, I feel, I feel both honored and humbled to be here this evening and just to be here this weekend. Um, I feel like, I mean, for some of you, I met some of you five years ago, and it's actually been such a long time, and somehow we still feel like family. Isn't that amazing how God does that? You know, I was saying this morning in Okahania that it doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. If you are in Christ, we are family. Amen. So yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I met some of your leaders this, this past Friday, and we all feel like family. So thank you. Thank you so much for making me feel like a part of your family. Um, let me get this going. There we go. Okay, so what I feel to, or what I felt really to share with you this evening is um, my message is entitled, Dare to Ask. And I'm going to share with you from the book of Joshua, Joshua 10. And I think for me, the book of Joshua, well, Joshua 10 and Joshua 10, 14 specifically, talks to possibly the greatest miracle in the Old Testament, and I think aside from the death and resurrection of Christ, probably the greatest miracle in the Bible. And I feel like God wants to do something in some of your hearts around us this evening. But before we do that, can I pray for you? Father, I just 
Lord, I'm so grateful this evening, Lord God, for every single heart here tonight. I ask you, Lord God, to prepare the soil of our hearts to receive your word. I ask, Lord God, that the word would fall in good soil and take root. I ask, Father, that you would anoint me to speak not only your words, but to speak your truth so that your seed is firmly planted this evening. Okay, so let me, let me share something a little bit about me. That is my entire family. Um, I tried to get everybody in one photograph, but if any of you have big families, you will know how difficult that is. Um, so there are 23 people on it all. In the middle there is my mom and dad, and my dad is holding his first great-grandson. <laughs> um, behind my mom is my oldest, is my father's, my, my, my parents' oldest granddaughter, so that's my oldest niece, and the little girl next to my dad was the youngest, well, is the youngest um, of the grandchildren. So she's two, and the one in the back is 26. So that just gives you an idea of what, what my whole family looks like. But what you would also notice quite distinctly is that my entire family is Muslim. So I came to Christ through a vision of Christ in my bedroom. And it's something I'll possibly, if we have time today, I'll share a little bit of my testimony with you. Um, I am not married, however. And aside from Jesus, the love of my life at the moment is this guy. <laughs> His name is Asher, yes, from the 12 tribes of Israel. And Asher is a two-year-old Bemarana. He's probably the most boisterous, energetic. If anyone had told me that a dog could be this much work, I doubt I would have gotten a Bemarana. <laughs> but I've had... I've had animals my whole life, but Asher is obviously my first dog. He's my first real companion, as in I live alone with him. So it's just him and I, primary companion. And about a year ago, so I walk him every day. I have to walk him every day because he's got so much energy. So we do a two-kilometer walk every day. Yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> about a year ago, we were walking in the park. And what I do is I walk into the park, and then I let him off lead, and I let him run. And as we come out, I put him back on lead so that he never runs into the road. Um, but because he is a hunting dog, the minute he gets a scent, I can forget it. This dog has just picks up the scent and he goes. So this particular day, as we were leaving the park, Asher found, he picked up a scent and he just started running. And as he started running, he started running towards the road. And already in my heart, I anticipated what was about to happen, and I could feel my heart sinking. And I waited for the sound of a car hitting him. And as, as the crash came, as I heard the screech of the tires, and I heard the car hit him, and I heard him scream, my heart sank. And I started running as fast as I could towards the road, but I wasn't sure what I was going to find when I got there. And when I got there, the driver of the car who had been um, speeding had obviously gotten out, and luckily for me, he had stopped. But he was, trying to, he was trying to pick Asher up, and Asher wouldn't let him. It was very clear that Asher was looking around, and he was looking for my face. 
And as I came towards him, even in his state, you could see that he was trying to get to me. And this is what I've learned about animals, and I feel like it relates to us. You see, in that impossible situation in his life, Asher knew that day that as his primary caregiver, and I know moms and dads, you're not going to like what I'm about to say, but as his mommy, he knew that I was going to be there. So my question to you this evening is, how... <laughs> <laughs> how many of you are facing impossible situations in your life? And how many of you know that despite anything that you can do, that your heavenly Father is there to swoop you up in an instant? And all you have to do is ask. So my question to you today is, will you dare to ask? I want to go to our scripture verse for today. We're reading from the book of Joshua, Joshua 10, verse 17 to 14. And it says, So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord rooted them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Haran, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. And it happened, as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Haran, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than from the children of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped, till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like it, before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So there are just seven points that I want to make this evening. And my first point comes from... Could you go back or forward? <laughs> Did you go back or forward? Okay. All right. Okay, stay there. So my first point is this. There are, some, there are defining moments in our lives. And in these defining moments, the Lord can turn our mistakes into miracles. Joshua, we come across Joshua for the first time in the book of Exodus. Joshua is a slave in Egypt, and he becomes a protege to Moses. And when Moses dies, Moses leaves the reins in the hands of Israel. And the Bible tells us that Joshua was such an incredible military leader that he ends up being one of the greatest generals in all of Israel's history. 
And because of his obedience to God, Joshua wins two incredible victories. One, the Battle of Jericho, and the other, the Battle of Ai. And when the Gibeonites come to understand that Joshua is on this mission, they become fearful. And they decide that they're going to trick Joshua into a peace treaty with them. So God had told Joshua that he would defeat all of his enemies for as long as they fell within the area that God had established for them. The Gibeonites fell within that area, but they tricked Joshua into believing that they, that they did not fall into that area. They tricked Joshua into believing that they were travelers, that they were too weak, and that they were not battle-worthy. And so I want to say to you that there are two defining moments that emerge from any situation that requires incredible faith. And the first is this. Believe that God can turn your mistake into a miracle. Believe that God can turn your mistake into a miracle. You see, Joshua made an unwise alliance. He made an unwise alliance with a people that God has specifically told him to destroy. Joshua made a mistake. And now he needed God to get him out of a situation that he had gotten himself into. So how many of us find ourselves in that situation? How many of us can say, I have all this debt, God. I know that I created it. I know that I created the situation, but I need your divine intervention. How many of us can say, God, I've spent so much time at work, and now my marriage is falling apart. My kids are not serving you. God, help me. How many of us can say, Lord, I'm just lost. I spend so much time following everything else. I don't really know what my purpose is anymore. So if you can relate to any of that, then you can relate to Joshua. And I am so glad, family, that I serve a God who, just like he fought for Joshua, would fight for me. Amen? But I'm getting ahead of myself. So returning, let's return to Joshua. Um, the king of Jerusalem, who is a guy by the name of Adonai Zedek, but well, his name wasn't really Adonai Zedek, because Adonai Zedek means Lord Righteousness. So it's ideally, it could have just been the name given to a king at that point in time, like we would call our president, president. Um, but he then summoned five Amorite kings to march with him on Gibeon because he felt that the treaty that Gibeon had made with Israel um, was almost um, treacherous. It was a betrayal. And in that moment, the Gibeonites turned to Joshua and because Joshua is such an honorable man, he knows that he has to honor this treaty. So what did he do? Okay, face it. <laughs> so Joshua sends from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. And this is the next point I want to make. You see, from Joshua's perspective, the battle hasn't begun. From Joshua's perspective, he was about to go into battle. But from God's perspective, family, 
it is done. I have delivered them into your hands, says the Lord. You serve a God who speaks about your current situation as if it was in the past tense. Why? Because he has already won, family. Because the victory has been accomplished at the cross. And that isn't even my main point. So the Lord rooted them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Haran, and struck them down as far as Ezekiah and Makeda. And what do, we, what do we read into this piece of scripture? The Lord rooted, the Lord killed, the Lord chased, the Lord struck them down. So even as you enter this battle, the Lord is fighting your battle for you. Even as you prepare to go forth, the Lord is doing everything that needs to be done in order to see your victory accomplished. And if that wasn't enough, and it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Haran, the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Ezekiel and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. And so I want to say this to you, family. When you put your trust in God, he will fight your battles. But he will do it through ridiculous, unimaginable, supernatural interventions. Can you imagine being part of that Amorite army. And not only are you faced with a situation where you see the small army, okay? I mean, the Amorites were made up of five different armies. Joshua and Israel were not a large opponent. So not only is this little army beating you and chasing you down a hill, suddenly you look up and from heaven comes these large hailstones hitting you. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I would be afraid. I would be afraid. And that's not even the most extraordinary part of this piece of scripture. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Aijalon. And this for me, and this for me really is the most incredible part of all of this. You see, I don't know about you, but again, in this point in time, if I wanted God to do something, I don't know if I would stand with such boldness in front of an entire army and speak to the sun. I think what I would do maybe is I would go into my prayer closet. I would stay there for a couple of days. I would wait for my miracle to happen. And then I would come stand here and testify. Amen? But no, that's not what Joshua did, family. What did Joshua do? He stood. He stood in front of the army, the entire Israel army. And he didn't pray this hectic travail. He didn't go into a fast and prayer time. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. What I'm saying is Joshua had such boldness that all he did, family, was utter 13 words. Sun, 
stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Aijalon. Sun, stand still. I mean, I'm sure he didn't say it like, sun, stand still. Not in front of an army, right? At least that he would have gotten right. Sun, stand still, I say. Moon, stop. And I feel like just the boldness of that prayer, the audacious faith that it took to simply utter those words. What does the Bible tell us? It simply says this. So, the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Like, isn't that just incredible? So, the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Now, you might say to me, well, you know, that's not really literal, right? Like, maybe the Bible's not quite literal on that one. That's not true, family. If you go back into history, if you look at every single ancient calendar, there are 24 hours missing in human history. There are 24 hours missing. What does that scripture tell us? It did not go down for a whole day. And why did this happen? This happened because Joshua was watching the enemy flee. Joshua stood there and he went, No, God, you promised me that between here and the promised land, I will destroy every enemy. I will destroy every enemy. These people are not getting away today, that's for sure. And so he stood on the promises of God. He stood on the word that God had given him. And he prayed this prayer. I also found out very recently that it's very likely that this was the first recorded eclipse in human history. Isn't our God amazing? I think God deserves a clap for that, guys. <laughs> so family, I mean, I'm not going to cover the rest of that scripture. I really just wanted to talk to you this, this, this evening about what it, what it meant for Joshua to be in that place, to command the sun to stand still. And what then does God require of us? If you will dare. Other way. <laughs> there we go. If you will dare, what does God require? God requires three simple things. God requires firstly to ask. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. I believe, family, that the same God who made the sun stand still for Joshua is the same God who had the capacity and the capability to raise his only son from the dead. I believe it's the same God who allowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to go unharmed in the furnace. The same God who stood with David against Goliath. Daniel in the lion's den. It's the same God who stands with you today. It's the same God that you serve. And he can show himself strong in the life of every single believer, every single person here tonight. So I want to challenge you this evening. What kind of prayers are you praying? Are you asking God to get you through the day? Are you praying, God, if it is your will, 
Now, I'm not saying, again, that there's anything wrong with those kind of prayers. Well, family, are you daring to pray the kind of prayer that says, Son, stand still. The next thing God requires of us is to decide whether we're going to strive or not. Are you going to strive? And you see, there was a man in the New Testament who was faced with something impossible. His name was Jairus. And as Jesus got off the boat, Jairus fell at Jesus' feet, and he asked the Lord to heal his daughter. He had a daughter who was 12 years old, and she was busy dying. And in that moment, Jesus said, yes, I'm coming. And then suddenly something happened. And how many of us have been there? You feel like this is my son's standstill moment. You feel like uh, God's answering. I know he's answering. And then suddenly, bam, in the middle of all of that comes this woman who, let's be honest, if she's been suffering with the issue of blood for 12 years, she can wait another hour. <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus stopped in his tracks. Why? Because of her faith, family. Because of her faith. And Jesus turned, and as Jesus was interrupted, he was healing this woman. Jairus' daughter died. And his own family came to him saying, she is dead. Why bother the teacher? Why bother the teacher? And for me, what Jesus does in this moment is so incredible. He is so cool and calm and collected. And the Bible says, he says, and ignoring what they said, he says, don't be afraid, just believe. I said to you earlier that there were two defining moments in your walk of faith. The first was that God can turn a mistake into a miracle. And the second family is this. Believe. Believe that he can do immeasurably above and beyond anything that you can hope or ask for. And that's exactly what Jesus did. You see, he didn't go to heal a sick girl. Jesus went, but he went to raise the dead. Jesus did above and beyond anything that Jairus could have hoped or asked for. So will you listen to the devil who says, why bother? Why bother the teacher? Why bother? Or will you listen to Jesus who says, just believe me. Just believe me. And I'm reminded of a number of people in the Bible. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph could have said, why bother? Joseph spent 13 years unjustly imprisoned and enslaved. But he remembered the promise of God that God had given him when he was just a boy, that he would be in a position one day to save a nation. What if Joseph had said, why bother? 
Moses. Moses could have said, why bother? Moses was a stuttering stammerer. Just hoping I got that right. <laughs> he was an insecure man. After nine plagues had been unleashed on Egypt, Pharaoh would not let the people go, even though God himself had gotten involved. But Moses remembered the promise that he would lead his people out of that land of slavery into a land flowing with milk and honey. Paul. Paul could have said, why bother? When they beat him five times and stoned him within an inch of his life, when he was shipwrecked. But he had a charge that I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may complete the task that God has given me and finish the race, testifying to the gospel of the glorious grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Family, Jesus could have said, why bother? When he was hanging on that cross for you and for me, when he was murdered by the very people that he came to save, when they tore his flesh, when they beat him beyond recognition, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he stretched out his arms, and he died. Because on the third day, he kicked the end out of the borrowed tomb and proved once and for all that it is possible. So today, family, I stand before you and I ask you, will you dare to believe? Just believe. Will you dare to ask God for the impossible in your lives? I dare you. So I want to close this evening by praying for three different kinds of people. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes in an attitude of prayer. And the first group of people I want to pray for, as I spoke about extraordinary faith, as I spoke about boldness in prayer, I hear you saying, I want that. You know what? I want that. I want to be able to pray those kinds of prayers. I want to be able to make the sun stand still. I'm no longer content with asking God just for the mundane. I'm no longer content praying for God's will. I want something more. I want something bolder. If that's you, I'm going to ask you in whatever way you receive, whether that means standing up, whether that means lifting your arms, whatever that is, I'm going to ask you just to receive right now as we pray. Father, we speak to each and every one of these, Lord God. We ask you right now, Lord God, just to touch their hearts, Lord. Just to give them boldness, Lord God. I ask you, Lord God, not just for a measure of faith this evening, Lord God, but for a gift of faith. For the kind of faith that says, sun, stand, still, moon, stop. Wherever you are right now, just receive. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do some things tonight. 
just receive. Sun stands still, moon stop. Boldness, Lord God. We speak boldness into each and every one of these. Faith, Lord God. Faith. Faith to believe you. Faith to trust you, Lord God. Faith to take you at your word. Nothing more. You say it and it is done. It is established. It is done. Feel like God is just depositing in some of you this evening. More Lord, more Lord. Boldness, audacious faith, extraordinary faith, Lord God. Faith to believe for the impossible, Lord God. Faith to believe for the supernatural, Lord God. Faith to believe for what in the natural would be considered ridiculous. Nothing is ridiculous with you. Joshua 10, 14, faith. More, Lord. For those of you, just as you are receiving, just continue to receive whatever it is God is doing with you right now. But I just feel like I want to pray for a second group of people. There are people here that you feel like you're in that place of, why bother? Why bother the teacher? Why bother Jesus? You feel like your situation doesn't warrant bothering Jesus. You feel like your situation is hopeless. It isn't worth bringing it to him. And if that is you this evening, I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you. Father, I just bring each and every one of these before you, Lord God, your children, Lord God. I ask you right now, just where they are, Lord God, that you would touch them, Father. You see, Lord, when you died on that cross, it meant that you accomplished everything. And so we speak to every situation in their lives right now. We speak to every sense of hopelessness, and we say, go now in Jesus' name. Go now in Jesus' name. There is no such thing as hopelessness. For in him there is only hope. There is no such thing as lack. For in him there is only abundance. There is no such thing as why bother. Because our Lord requires of us to only believe. Just believe. Just believe. And I speak to your hearts right now and I repeat that over and over again. Believe. Believe that God will do for you above and beyond anything you could ever have imagined or asked for. Believe that your God is the God of the impossible. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to take every lie captive right now in Jesus' name. Every lie of the enemy. And as those fiery darts of the enemy come, we say, fall now in Jesus' name. Fall in Jesus' name. In its place, Father God, we ask your truth permeate, Lord God. Your truth, your joy, your peace, your love, Lord God. I speak abundance right now in Jesus' name. Abundance. Abundance of resources. Abundance of joy. Abundance of love. Abundance of peace. For that is your portion. That is your portion. As children of the Most High God. Thank you, Lord. Come and blow in this place, Lord. Come and heal your sons and daughters. Finally, family, for those of you that are there, just stay there. Let God do what he wants to do. He's blowing. Open your hearts. Finally, family, I feel like there may be some people in this place tonight who are in need of the grace of God for your salvation today. I feel like you need God to turn your mistake into a miracle. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there is no greater need that you will ever have in your life than the need to be forgiven of your sins. To have a new life, a new heart, a new future, a new hope. If that expresses the desires of your heart, if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart right now, I'm going to ask you to stand. And if you don't feel comfortable standing, just find a position that shows me who you are. So just shoot your hand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for each of these that come into your kingdom tonight. For those of you that put your hands up, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Actually, everyone pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I need your salvation. I am a sinner, and I've lived my life my way. But today, I repent and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for me and rose from the grave that I might have life and have it abundantly. I give you control of my life today and I ask you to help me live my life in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.